0: Welcome, birders. This is Ed Pullen, your host on the Bird Banner Podcast, where birders talk birding. My guest today is Anne Nightingale. I first met Anne in Victoria. That's where her home is. And I met her because I was just on a stopover on a repositioning birding cruise. Uh, I was birding with a group of uh, friends from my ABC Birding Club on a cruise that took off from Los Angeles and was headed to Vancouver, but stopped at midday on the last, next to the last day in Victoria. and We got a chance to get off on the island, and several of us uh, rented a car and tried to go for the skylarks that, that are there. It's about the only place in the in the uh, North America, should of the Aleutian Islands and stuff, where you can find skylarks fairly regularly they breed in a small area by an airport there. So while I was at the skylark spot, we met Anne Nightingale. Anne was there, she helped us get on the skylarks and took us to another spot looking for some other cool birds. Uh, and somehow we got invited to her place for a barbecue that night. I never really understood how that all came to be, But she talks about that in the episode today. So I learned about it the same time you learned about it. That's pretty cool. Anyway, I decided to invite Anne on as a guest after getting a recommendation to have her on as a guest from Seanine Finnegan. Seanine was my guest on episode number 17. Seanine is a very, very great birder, just a spectacular birder. She's on rare birds committees all over. She sort of took the birding world by storm in her 20s uh, when she just became uh, recognized as incredibly talented. Uh, anyway, uh, she, is, she was my guest on that episode. She recommended Anne. She, she recommended a few people and gave a little bio for each of them. All she said about Anne was, she is awesome. Well, anyone that Seanine Finnegan thinks is awesome, I think is awesome and I think it even more after recording this episode. So stay tuned to the Bird Bader Podcast episode number 23 with Ann Nightingale, an awesome guest. Hey, Ann, thanks for coming on today. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me on your show, Ed. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Anne, I'd like to start by asking people just to give a, a general outline of your birding story. How did you get started in birding? What maybe have been some important people or events along the way? Can you sure, no
1: problem. It's... You know, my birding story is probably more typical than a lot of other people's, but it's not the one that you hear the most. I actually started birding very late in my my life. I was in my 40s. So I wasn't the beneficiary of having parents who took me out into nature or growing up knowing the birds. And in fact, it was a real regret of mine that I had never learned the names of the birds when I was a child. And in the mid 1990s, I'm the same, yeah.
0: Good. Go ahead. In sorry. the
1: mid-1990s, I had the good fortune to work with someone who was an avid birder and a bit of a show-off. His name is Alan McLeod, and I do refer to him as my birding mentor. He was very enthusiastic about birds and birding and all things birdie, and we were actually involved in union negotiations, so there were lots of times when we had to sit and just wait, wait. And wait. And every time he'd see a bird outside the window, he'd point it out to us. So finally, he agreed to take the bargaining committee out for a little bird walk. We went to one of the members' property, which was quite beautiful and extensive and and natural. And he started calling off the names of the birds from their songs. Could you believe that? (laughs) Right? I can believe that. Yeah. I had never even thought that that was possible. You know, I'd bought bird books and I had a crappy pair of binoculars, and I'd learned the ones that I could see regularly around my own yard. But the idea that you could actually know what they were without seeing them, without trying to figure out the field marks and such, just blew me away. Or to use his terminology, knocked my socks off. Exactly. And I thought, you know, I'm never going to be able to do that. But within a year, I had most of the local residents it took a little longer to get the warblers and the, the migrants, but over sure. time, I could identify them by sound too. So that was pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, that is pretty awesome. I uh, Speaking of that, I I used a tool that you made. I, I think it was for the Bird Observatory or a bird birding census yes. or something, a series yes. of CDs about bird calls. It is really good.
1: Well, Ian Cruikshank is the mastermind behind that, and I... Am the voice on the CDs, but I didn't write any of the content or do any of the recordings. That was really all Ian. And it had been a project that we talked about for years to try and get something to help some of our volunteers who maybe could identify 30 or 40% of the birds to bring them up to our requirement for census, which is that they need to be able to identify at least 75%. It right. kind of got a little out of hand, but it's it's a great product now with the tutorials and with Almost four hundred sound files that people can test themselves on.
0: It's spectacular. I, uh, is that
1: readily available? It is. People can order it from our website, and it's even available for download if
0: people don't want to have the hassle of of having it shipped cross border. I'll make sure I get a link to that on the on the podcast notes. Thanks, Anne. Yeah, it's a really cool tape. It it, it especially focuses on call notes, which are yes, yeah. You, know, you just don't don't. You see, when you go to your Sibley app, it'll have four songs and maybe a chip. You know, it yes. doesn't really uh, talk about it or how to listen to it. or look. It's a very, very nice tool.
1: Well, Rocky Point Bird Observatory's premier program was fall migration. And so, of course, the birds aren't singing then. And so it became right. very important that people be able to identify the birds by their chip notes. And that's not easy. <laughs> I'll just say no, it's not no, easy. I'll, I'll,
0: I'll get... I'll I'll grant you that, that's for sure. And so
1: what I really liked about what Ian did was he'd take two very similar chip notes like Wilson's Warbler and Pacific Wren and we'd Mm -hmm. play them side by side so that you could hear the difference in the qualities, which really goes a long way to learning how to differentiate the birds.
0: It does. It, it's really helpful. I've uh, I've not spent as much time on that as I intend to, but it's really good. I I, I actually, a good friend of mine, Ken Brown, g- gave that to me because he can't hear anymore. He said, I, I've got this really cool tool, but I, I can't hear, so it doesn't do me any good. Right. I mean, he hears, but he doesn't hear well enough to to hear chip notes very well. So it he can, gave it to me. And I said, it can be very humbling, really cool. too, if you think you know all the birds. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't think I know all the birds.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and one of the things that we did deliberately, as you probably noticed with the CDs, most CDs will play will tell you the name of the bird and then play something from the bird. And we've done right. it in reverse. So we play the chip note or the the we or the whatever you might hear.
0: Yeah, the note. And then yes. we
1: give you a couple of seconds for you to think about what the bird is, and then we tell you what it is or isn't.
0: Yes. Right, right. It's, it's very nicely done. I, I, it's a really good tool, especially for Northwest birders or anyone yes. who's going to visit the Northwest. Yeah, yeah, so and the great.
1: Northwest often seems to be neglected in such things. So really nice to have the local dialects.
0: Yeah, there's not only an East Coast bias, there's a Southwest bias, mm-hmm. you know, the California and East Coast, we get neglected up here. So thanks to people like you, we've got our great tool. That's good. That's good. Uh, so uh, you uh, got started and you learned some bird calls and uh, you've just taken off from there. I mean, for somebody who didn't start young, wow, yeah. you've gotten incredibly good. <laughs>
1: well, you know, I've made up for lost time. And while I do admit that I, f- I feel like I'm a pretty good birder, I'm not the best birder here, but I do talk a lot about birds. And so I probably have the highest profile of birders on Vancouver Island
0: hmm That's not all bad. It's a good profile you have. I like that. <laughs> anyway, and we met We met when uh, you just graciously, spontaneously, I think, invited a group of us who had finished, a, or not quite finished, on, on the road on a repositioning cruise, stopped over at Victoria, and we met you at the Skylark spot and somehow ended up at your house for dinner. It was, right. Well,
1: phew, this it was is cool. actually one of my favorite things about the birding community is we know each other even though we don't know each other, we know the type right. of people that we are. And you know, I have done the crazy thing of inviting big ear birders to stay at my house, even though I've never met them, simply on the basis of a recommendation from someone who does know them and someone that I know, right? And it yeah. really came from this, too. Dorian Anderson, who had done the bicycling right. big year had thought that they were going to be in Victoria for a night. And so he'd asked if he oh. if he could stay at my place. And I said, well, you can, but it's contingent on you being okay with me having a barbecue because I have a lot of friends that want to meet you. And so he said <laughs> yes. And then he discovered that you guys weren't staying in Victoria no overnight bridge. after all. <laughs>
0: oh, so shit.
1: I didn't let yeah. him off the hook for the barbecue though. And... Oh, yes. Yeah. Did he come? He, he did. He came, yes, didn't? he was here. Yes. Okay. And yeah, so I that. Uh, we just invited anybody that we ran into that was on the cruise ship that was a birder. And there were a lot of Victoria birders who so, came as well. And I think
0: everybody had a pretty good time. So that's how that came to be. I always wondered how that it just, I was sort of on the periphery of that group and somehow I just ended up there. It was <laughs> pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So that wasn't quite spontaneous. I I, I thought that was pretty. Well, awesome your invitation was get together. <laughs> My invitation was definitely spontaneous. Yeah. There you yes. go. Uh, that that was a good day. That day we uh we saw the skylarks, which was a lifer for me. Nice. I hadn't got up to see that. And we chased a uh, red throated pipit. Yes, I chased I that did bird not too. Find a red throated. Did not find Me that. Me yeah, Actually, we chased it with, you, with yes. you, but we had great looks at a Pacific Golden yes, Plover. Yes, I remember just that. Right, right there on the ground. Oh, that was really good. So that was a great day for just a stopover, literally an afternoon and early evening stopover off a ship. Yes. It doesn't get much better than that. Doesn't get a lot better. So tell me more about the bird observatory, the Rocky uh, was it Rocky Point Bird yes. Observatory? I, I don't know much about bird well, observatories. Maybe you know it the, the
1: name sounds pretty fancy, but in reality, it's fairly simple. It's a bird monitoring station, a bird banding station that has been operating on Vancouver Island for 25 years. This is our 25th anniversary year. Now, if your microphone oh, okay. is picking up, or if you're hearing some purring here, this is because one of my cats has decided to jump into my lap. <laughs> okay,
0: well, that's okay. I, I read your, uh an old, uh I think, ABA blog post on you yes. and cats. So that was, uh-huh. uh, yeah, uh, 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 you know, there are all sorts of perspectives. Yeah, and I think that, I've actually so changed we'll, we'll my just, my we'll mind just, on
1: that since I wrote that piece. But anyway, going back to the bird observatory, okay. again, my birding mentor, Alan, had access to the site, which is on Department of National Defense land, and so it is not open to the public. And he took a few of us oh. in just to go birding in that area and introduced me to some of the folks from the bird observatory. This was like in their, I think their fourth year of operation. And okay. one of them asked me if I wanted to volunteer. And so I said, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> and now 20, yeah. I guess if we're coming up to 22 years later, uh, I've been president. I'm currently vice president. I have a banding permit. I can band everything from hummingbirds to owls. Um, just became oh, North nice. American, uh, I disse- have to remember what it's called, banding sur- Council, yes, sorry, um, just became North American Banding Council certified as a bander. Okay, and uh, have filled many roles with the organization. I, I tell them I'm a Jill of Jill of all. Ta- uh, boy, can yeah. Many trades. Just a many. Yes, many Jill trades. Jill of all trades. My cat is apparently cool. interrupting cool. my train of thought.
0: <laughs> no, that that yes. can happen. That can happen. Cool. Uh, I, I heard you mention birding communities and it is the birding community, really global birding community is pretty awesome. I mean, this podcast has been a terrific opportunity for me to talk to people. I don't know. And they're all fun to talk to. I've had a great time. And, uh, you know, it's just a. It's just one more kind of reaching out part of the community. Yeah, in, really
1: in a way, it's very awesome. much like family. Again, in my 40s, I went to the east coast of Canada and met my relatives that lived out there for the very first time. And it felt mm-hmm. like I knew them already, right? Even though we really hadn't corresponded, right. we didn't know much about each other, there was just something innate about it that just said family. And I find that a lot with birders as well, that... If you identify as a birder, it already tells people a lot about what they need to know about
0: you. You don't share DNA, but you share some. Key exactly. Values and um, we have
1: people exactly. from yeah, from our nice. bird observatory who have been traveling the world to volunteer at other observatories, and you know they. She's one of them. Janica Chick has has gone to Mongolia and Azerbaijan. Greece, Israel, and she just says, you know, I'm a a volunteer at a bird banding station in Canada. I have these skills. Could I come and volunteer with you for a week or two? And the answer is always yes. Right. So, uh, yeah, that's really we have a lot in
0: common. Yeah, that's neat. Uh, Shawnee Finnegan uh, suggested I talk to you. She and she she said. All, she gave me a little bio about some of the people she recommended and all she said about you is she's <laughs> awesome. So I thought Any, anyone, anyone Shaanine thinks is awesome. Well, Shaanine's pretty, cool. pretty awesome, she's awesome herself. Truly yes, awesome. exactly. Yeah. She is truly awesome. It's, yeah. Yeah. I met Shaanine on, on a, on that repositioning cruise. She, was ah. on that cruise. she was one of the leaders on that. That's when I met her. I was like, holy mackerel. Is she? Yeah, <gasps> no, she's,
1: oh. she's superb for sure. And, you know, I think is very humble about, her skill level and about her experience. You know, she's someone who was largely self taught and really blew people away with how much she learned so very quickly.
0: Yeah, she's just she's and she's also a very, very nice person. For sure. For sure. That helps. That helps. So Anne, what have you been doing recently birding? Have you been on any big trips or what's been well, up for you? Well, certainly
1: the story of my spring is another repositioning cruise. I had only been on one prior, a similar one that you had done, just a three-day right. day trip from San Diego to Vancouver, and I really liked it. Right. And so you I did. was thinking okay. about going to the American Ornithological Society meeting in Alaska, and I thought, you know, wouldn't it be fun to do One direction as a cruise, and the other direction will fly. right? But when I went to look at it, the cruises didn't go to Alaska, did not go offshore. And I thought, well, I really would like to do offshore. But there on the page was something absolutely amazing. 15-day trans-Pacific cruise on Norwegian cruise lines. Wow. And it was advertised at $1,000 U.S., I oh know, <laughs> And that that's, was kind of my that's, reaction. That's, that's,
0: that's less than a hotel room.
1: <laughs> and you get your accommodation, your meals, and your transportation all included. So I thought, well I, yes. well, I looked into it a lot and saw what they'd be doing and went, that looks really, really good. So I thought, well, I'll just wait and see if the price comes down. <laughs> and it did, <laughs> right? The, the beginning of wow. October, they were advertising it for 649 U.S., and, you know, there's there's oh fees goodness. and taxes and stuff, but 15 sure, days, sure. But right? still, 15 that, days. That's a heck of a deal, So
0: 50 bucks a day. I was a,
1: unfortunately that. not at home at the time, but when I got home, I booked it, and I had to pay about 735 But then after Christmas, it dropped even lower, and I let people wow. know I was going. I said, I'm not leading a tour because I don't know the birds that we're going to see, but the more eyes we have on board, the better it's going to be. And 15 other people signed up, too. So...
0: Just a nice, cozy little group. So
1: we all went to Japan on our own. uh, Sometimes a couple people together or a small group. But we didn't have anything organized in Japan. We just did what we wanted to do. And then we met at the cruise ship and spent the next 15 days going from Yokohama, Japan, to Oturo. Japan, then to Petropavlovsk, mm-hmm. Russia, okay. then four days across wow. the uh, north of, of the Aleutians to Seward, Alaska, mm-hmm. Juneau, Alaska, Icy Strait Point, and the Hubbard Glacier, and Ketchikan oh before we hit Vancouver. It was wow. amazing.
0: That's, that's something. So did you, were there, I mean, and you know, that's a narrow part of the Pacific, of there's such uh-huh. a thing. Uh, and 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 so you weren't, you know, five thousand miles no. from shore or something anywhere. I mean, you, you were, and it's a bird rich. It place.
1: is, and That's so the first wild. day out, the first day at sea, we got all three albatrosses, which was amazing, mm-hmm. and we came across this yes. this raft of shearwaters that had over ninety thousand birds in it, and oh my goodness, we were just blown away, right? We, we, we thought, you know, if this is the only good day we have out of the 15, it'll still be worth the trip. And of course we all got to bird in Japan as well. So we added a a lot of lifers on our own, depending on where we went in Japan. So we got the Japan side of things. And then we got this amazing first day and that wasn't even the most amazing part of the trip. It turned out.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: After we did Otaru and we were going between Japan and Russia, I went out on the deck first Mm -hmm. thing in the morning. There were no birds initially, but then there were some, and then there were a lot more, and then there were a lot more, and I was out there by myself. So I was thinking, well, how am I going to count these things? I I put my scope up. I put a timer on for one minute. I counted 2,000 shearwaters go through my scope in one minute.
0: Are these mostly short. Uh, they were short-tailed, they... Yeah. short-tailed, yeah. Short-tailed, yes. And
1: there, there were cer- wow. certainly some sooties in, in there, but this was short-taileds. <laughs> and sure. that went on for eighty minutes. We were traveling at twenty knots. Oh my goodness! By the end of that raft, <laughs> we estimated four hundred ninety-two thousand
0: birds. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! That is awesome. And then we went to Russia. That is awesome.
1: Uh, And I had booked, I had booked a tour for us with a private company and, you know, with no idea Mm -hmm. of how this was going to turn out. The first thing they did was take us to a stellar sea eagle nest. Wow. We, they, then they took us to the colonies, the the seabird colonies. It was just fantastic. Wow. And now we're only, we're we're only talking five days in so far,
0: right? Yeah. (laughs) So you, you arranged this separate from the tour. The tour, they didn't have That's that right. as an option for an onshore thing. They did not. The so you, I just booked fixed it that up.
1: blindly online.
0: Wow. Very cool.
1: And we had, we had calm, we had calm again, water all the through. way from Russia to Vancouver. It was really quite amazing.
0: Wow. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah, that I've only done one repositioning cruise, and it was one from San Diego, and the weather was so bad they had to come in close to shore, but they're afraid the boat was going to wow. capsize. I think it was it was incredible. I mean, the 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 cruise ship was it, it felt like you're on a skiff. You know, there's a the whole front end going up out of the water and wow. smashing down. It was like insane. It was really crazy. I mean, you you could hardly hold your. Skiff Our trip the was back. nothing was
1: like this. We had one pretty. we had one rough day. That was it.
0: <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Yeah, that sounds like a spectacular trip. Holy it really knackerel. was. I mean,
1: there were days Holy of knackerel. 500 albatross. Uh, there were days of 500 eagles as we went along the Alaska coastline. We had six wow. species of whales. Wow. And you Ooh, may be running nice. through and saying six. What? Nice. I can't think of six. Well, the sixth one was Cuvier's
0: beaked whale. So. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, never seen that for sure. For sure. Anyway, yeah, okay. I, I won't go there. I was going to say there was a beaked whale that was dead on the beach at uh, down at Nia Bay. Right. Charlie Wright was going to try to figure out what it was. I huh. don't know if he ever did. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, off okay. topic, just a random thought. <laughs> anyway, uh, so you had a great pelagic trip this spring, and I'm sure you've been uh, birding locally. Do you have anything planned over the fall or I summer? will
1: be returning to the Rio Grande Valley Birding Festival, which will, I think, be my ninth oh, okay. year there. And I've I've graduated okay. now so that I'm, I'm guiding some with that group as well oh good and
0: very nice that is a I've been there once it's, it's a
1: fantastic good. location and it's a fantastic festival
0: yeah really fun really fun I uh, I went down there with my my late wife and we had a great great trip it was just spectacular yeah I uh, I, I did I have to say I greedily stole the last uh Bus ride to get the the pygmy nice. owl for pygmy owl on the King Ranch. There was one spot left on the bus when I signed up for the trip. And I said, "Tell you what, Kay, why don't you go uh, see the seed eater?" <laughs> and, go <laughs> go see the pygmy
1: and did you owl. see the owl?
0: <laughs> I saw nice. the owl, got great looks, and uh, and Kay took me back to see the seed eaters after the uh, after. Well, the I
1: festival, still haven't so seen the seed the eaters, so there. that like even oh, though I've really? been there several times, I haven't seen them, and I have tried a few. Wow. But uh, without success, hmm. so there's always something still, just just yeah, luring some reason you back, back there. there.
0: Yes, reason. Yes, yeah. I, I maybe I was really lucky. Kay, uh, the group she went with found it, and Kay took me right back, and we had a bunch of
1: them. Oh sure, it. Ed, so, rub sometimes. it in. <laughs> yeah, I
0: will. <laughs> anyway, better lucky than good. Some days, you know better lucky than good anyway uh and uh what what uh, uh advice do you have to birders you know if you ha- i mean i i also started in my 30s so i didn't start young and uh i certainly haven't uh haven't become the uh reputed bird of the trout but i've i've had a really good 30 years of it here so uh do you have any advice to people young or old who want to get started in birding? well i think the
1: first thing i would say is enjoy birding I think some people get too caught up in the competitiveness of it. It can be a competitive sport. Too caught up in, you know, I have to find a a particular bird or if I don't find my own birds, I'm not as good as someone who finds their own birds. That's all hogwash. If If you're enjoying the birding, that's the main thing. And if that means you're looking at the same five species in your backyard and even though someone's told you 10 times what they are, you can't remember, if you're enjoying it, then it's good birding.
0: That's good. That's good advice, Ian. Yeah, I I, I definitely second that. You know, eBird has, I think, it's been a wonderful tool, but it has certainly uh, jacked the competitiveness of birding up a few notches. It can. It
1: doesn't have to. And I think, again, I think people have to be careful not to be caught up in it because I know some people who truly are, for sure, but if you were to ask me where I place on the list for my region or for the year or anything like that, I can't even tell you. I don't even look, right? So you don't have to play that game if you don't want to.
0: You don't. You don't. I'm uh, I'm I'm hoping to extricate myself from that. <laughs> well, next
1: well, I'll tell you what I am doing <laughs> now bit. that I think eBird is just amazing for. I I do love eBird a lot. And if you look at oh, your local hotspots at on eBird, you can see when mm-hmm. you look at the bar charts which weeks of the year there hasn't been a checklist for that hotspot. So maybe it's a local park oh, yeah. and it'll be
0: maybe it'll can be add grayed to the out.
1: And so I yeah. try to plan to go to some of those hotspots on the weeks when there hasn't been a list submitted and work to completing the year for, for the hotspot. Then If I've done that, the next thing I try to do is I look at the illustrated checklist and see how many birds for that Mm -hmm. hotspot still need photos or audio. And so I can go to the same park a hundred times trying to get a picture of a house sparrow because, because there's no picture Mm -hmm. of a house sparrow for that park, but it gives me a reason to go to the same place over and over again.
0: Those are terrific ideas. I mean, I've, I, I enjoy county birding. And so I, you know, I've, I just retired a couple of years ago, so now I have, yeah you know, lots of time on my hands and have uh, started, you know, filling in my county list. Not that I'm going to get 200 birds in a county like a couple of people have. That's fantasy. Uh, but it is fun to say, you know, if I've only had 25 birds in that county, it means I don't really know that county. And so I take a couple of days and go and explore. And that's been really a, a, a fun way to see it is. places. And, and it makes the common
1: birds interesting. Right, because you're looking. Oh, look! I'm I'm looking for um, a brown-headed cowbird in this area because I have not seen one there. Apparently,
0: <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. It makes it gives you a challenge no matter where you are or what you do. That's one of the things I love about birding. It makes there's nowhere you can go exactly. that you can't bird. I mean, I guess indoors. Well, you can indoors, still look out maybe, the window. There's no windows. <laughs> uh, if there's no yeah. windows, maybe a movie theater. Maybe you can, we can see or you the can listen the to them and try and but figure anyway. out
1: where the movie was filmed by the sounds of the birds in the movie.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I used to going to the beach used to be about the most torturous thing in the <laughs> world for me. I mean, yeah, you know, in Washington, you go to the beach, and but well, the water's too cold to swim in, really. Uh, and you know, the weather's usually not that great, and it's not even that hot. And why would I want to just go lay in the sand exactly. on a beach and be bored? Yeah, I can read at home. Uh, but now, a beach? God, yeah. <laughs> Which beach we're on? Well, again, know, a, uh, a, or, or, or the same, the mountain hikes or a, Exactly. Any,
1: but we're not yeah, just lying anywhere. there, we're actually fully engaged with our environment. And that's another thing that I think oh. is really super about birding. I don't know any birder who only knows birds or pays attention to just birds. They know butterflies, they know dragonflies. Yeah. They may not be able to name them all, but they can go, oh, that's a different one. I don't think I've seen that one before. Yeah, They look at exactly. flowers.
0: Exactly. I was like, I, I know what that is. Somebody told me, and I yeah. just can't remember. Yeah. That's usually what I said. But we're, but,
1: we're yeah. so much more immersed in our environment. And to be honest, there's, there's some benefits to us as well. Just about every birder I know appears about 10 years younger than their chronological age.
0: I'm, I'm hoping I fill in that category. I don't know, but I'll take that <laughs> if I can. You're right; birders, uh, you know, tend to be active and so relatively fit. And yeah, I well, think that's all a the fear, stuff that's
1: coming about, coming comment. out about how important it is to be out in nature and to take some time to be outside at all ages. And here we're doing it without even thinking about it. It's just a part of who we are.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I don't go barefoot. My daughter tells me I should be more grounded and go barefoot. And I said, you know, that that's just a, a step farther Fair than I'm willing to go. But <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, that's a good point, Anne. Very good point. Uh, so you're, you're actively involved in the bird observatory. Are there other uh, causes or things that you're particularly well, involved in? Well, I have been in? the
1: Victoria Christmas Bird Count Coordinator for, boy, I guess almost 20 years now, I think 18 or 19 years. So that's one that, wow, thanks that for I really that did. And that's
0: nice, yeah. Thank you, you know,
1: you. this is one where I have been a little bit competitive, I must say. But not necessarily for the number of birds, although that can get in there too, but for the number of participants. Mm-hmm. And when I took over, yes. we routinely had 130 to 150 participants, which is still pretty good but this year mm-hmm. we had over 260 wow, we've, we've doubled the number of participants and wow. we're talking here about wow, field wow. participants we're not talking about people that sit inside and look at their feeders yeah. uh they yeah we well, have we <laughs> have fewer <laughs> feeder watchers than we have field participants but we've been consistently in the 250 range for about the last five or six years Which puts us usually in number one or number two, sometimes number three for all of North America. So considering that we don't have a very big city, we're pretty proud of that.
0: I bet you are. That says a lot about uh, a lot about leadership. Probably a lot about you in that because uh, (laughs) that's awesome. I mean, we we have trouble getting enough people to cover the area. We have eight areas, and well, the
1: media has been very good to me. I've
0: (laughs) done. I can say the media
1: has been very good to me, (laughs) and I think part of that is because of my name, right? The definitely the reporters like yeah
0: it. tell me about is, is is that your is that I the was, name your I was I was not born
1: Nightingale but nor did I change my name because okay. of birds I actually married someone named Nightingale oh. well before Birding Oh
0: well, Oh I was going to say that must have made him attractive <laughs> but he maybe No not. <laughs> it was
1: it was totally independent In fact I used to tease him about having a bird That's, name
0: Good fortune good fortune Well uh, and you know a, it, yeah, that's it, it good, gets worse good because probably. there are an awful good lot of karma. people
1: with bird-related names. David Bird, Dr. David Bird, has now moved to Victoria, and he and I co-host Birders' Night oh, okay. for the Victoria Natural History Society. So there you go, Bird and Nightingale <laughs> hosting Birders' Night.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, Could it exactly. be any cuter?
0: <laughs> yeah, very nice. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty shmarmy, I have to say, pretty shmarmy. <laughs> very nice, though, very nice. Good. And is there a, are there any other causes things you wanted to give a shout out to? You
1: know, today? I I don't have anything else that I really want to give a shout out to except just to remind people that the birds are out there and we are seeing some some sad things happening with populations. The more people that care about that, the more likely we are to be able to turn some of it around. So, I do promote birding activism, talk about birds with people who are not birders so that they know what's going on too. People are just amazed to hear some of the stories that we take for granted as birders. And I think it will change yeah. some of their own attitudes towards whether towards things like outdoor cats or use of pesticides or other things that we know are harmful to to our bird
0: populations. Yeah. We can hope so. We can help. So, uh, is there a way people can reach out to you if they want? Is there any uh, uh, sure. contact information? Yeah. you Want to share, or do you just no? I am out there. I am on
1: Facebook. I, I. That's really the main social media for me. I have accounts on the other things, but I really don't use them. There's just way too many. But uh, because of the Christmas okay. bird count and a lot of the media stuff I do for the Victoria Natural History Society and for Rocky Point Bird Observatory, I'm really easy to find. I, I joke about it. I think my, my phone number is being put on bathroom walls all over the city.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. So you can reach Anne yes. Nightingale on Facebook, easy enough. Send her a direct message if you have questions or concerns. And thanks so much for being my guest today. It's really nice been talking fun to talking to, to you. To too, you Ed. Yeah. One more awesome birder I get a chance to talk with, uh, my good day. Thanks so much. Thank you. Take care, and Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that wraps up the Bird Banner Podcast, episode number 23, with the best birding name yet on the Bird Banner Podcast and Nightingale. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate that. Leave a review in the iTunes store, or wherever you get your podcast feeds. And until next time, good birding, good day.